the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's episode of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you, as always, by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S P O T R A C, for all of your sports non related and soon to be related news. Uh, they're cranking it out. They're kind of doing the, uh, the thing that everybody's doing right now, which is lots of lists and lots of rankings and lots of redrafts and lots of all that good stuff, best and worst. Uh, we're going to follow suit here in a couple of minutes, but uh, again, visit theathletic.com slash Spotrek. It's 40% off. That's $2.99 a month. You can't go wrong. Get yourself reading now so you're educated when the sports comes back, especially from the fantasy side of it. They cover all of that as well, including podcasts. So much content for so little price. Theathletic.com slash Spotrek. Going to bring in Scott Allen. We're going to do our own version, our own spin on this best and worst, but it's going to be contract related, of course. The best and worst contract from each contract length. So the best one-year contract, two-year contract, all the way up to 14 years. Yes, there's a 14-year contract right now in the big four sports. So I, I'm kind of surprising Scott with this. So he'll be the, uh, the analyst here. I did a little research, maybe too much research. I overthought it a little bit. Look, there's just so much content to pull from here. Uh, there's no right answer, unfortunately. So it's really debatable, which makes it a good topic for us to get into here. And uh, boy, this should be the big sports week, by the way. This should be the tonight should be the NCAA championship game. The Masters should be starting Thursday. We should be knee deep into baseball at this point. Um, and obviously gearing towards the NBA and NHL postseason. So this should be the week right now. And of course, it's Blank and empty. So uh, we're going to fill the content with some fun things. Scott, thanks for joining the show. As I mentioned, best and worst contracts from each contract length, 1 through 14. Uh, this was not easy. <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. I spent way too much of my life avoiding my kids to do this. I don't know. Thoughts? You're looking at the list now. Before we dive in and get, get down and dirty here, did I crush this? Did I destroy this? <laughs> am I, am I going to tick off too many fan bases you may uh make some fan bases upset but i i think this is a hard task for sure i mean some of the contracts that you have you have so many things that you have to evaluate especially right. uh between baseball with war or if you go with football what do you go off of that as a metric or hockey or basketball it's hard to compare the what's best or what's worst or most interesting yeah, I, compared to I, I tried to steer clear of injuries but in some cases it was just unavoidable i tried not to think too much about like what would be the best value because i want look sometimes a big contract is still a good contract you know and we've got a couple of of monsters in here uh which we can certainly debate and we will but i i, try, I just want to up front and say i try to get out of those hats as much as possible because you can get down a path and you would just have no namers. Do you know what I mean? If you just right. use metrics and calculations and things like that, which we do way too much, uh, you can get yourself down a path that's just not interesting. And that's really the, that's the first word I started with when I started this topic is what are the most interesting contracts? So to some degree, that is what I selected. There's also variables included, like you mentioned. There's some advanced stats. There's you know value to a team, which is different than value to st- you know, statistically. Um, so it's, a, I think it's a decent mix. Let's get off. Let's get out of the gate hot here. <laughs> there was nothing harder than, than the one year contract because it's one of three entities, right? It's minimum, essentially veteran minimums or rookies that are hanging out in the league, right? They were just activated from a practice squad or brought up from the G league or, 
You know how that goes. So I pretty much had to wipe those clean because there's just nothing interesting about that contract. There's just not. Sometimes you get lightning in a bottle. Like you'll get a guy pulled up and it's, you know, like like Siakam for Toronto was like this at one point. I mean, he was pulled up from the G League and he was a nobody. And all of a sudden now he's all NBA second team. So, um, you know, you, you, every so often you find those. But like I said, I'm pulling from the big four sports the current contract, so anything that's running through the 2019 season and, and the 2020 season for the NFL as well. So we're going to push forward to that. Um, here's where I landed on the on the one-year deal, not to, not to be too long in the tooth here. I went with a tie, which I did not do a lot of, so don't don't count me out yet here. I just, I just had to put two of these players here because I wanted to get two of these dichotomies out of the way. So Cody Bellinger is one. I, I, should have could have been the MVP this year this this past season was in the running two years ago that's just how he started his career he's been a ridiculous value the reason I don't love this as a selection is he's he's set to to play on an eleven and a half million dollar salary this year but that's an arbitration salary so right. there's there it's jaded to some degree right I mean it's mm. it, it's 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 of value because he's not yet into the into the veteran status in Major League Baseball so I understand people that want to kill me for that one. There's not a world where a player like Cody Bellinger is ever going to be worth eleven and a half million. I mean, he's worth thirty-five right now, minimum. Uh, so for that purpose alone, he's on this list. And then on the other side of it, I chose Dak Prescott for a completely different reason, right? Um, you know, he's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks on a one-year contract right now, of course, at twenty-eight million dollars, and that could even rise with depending on how the, the uh, NFLPA legislates this exclusive franchise tag. I've seen it as high as 31 in some instances. Um, but that's moot here. The, the point is, the reason Dak's here is for a completely different reason than Cody Bellinger's on this list. Cody Bellinger's here is because he's a hell of a player, and $11.5 million is dirt cheap for him. Dak Prescott is a heck of a player. A lot of people really like him. Some people love him. Some people hate him. <laughs> some people think... He shouldn't play be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback at all anymore. And for that reason, because there's this mix of emotions for Dak Prescott, and clearly Dallas has it too, by the way, or he'd have his five-year, $36 million per year contract already. Um, that's why he's here, because this is a contract that will pay Dak Prescott a lot of money if he has to play on it, and it's a, it's a contract that doesn't pigeonhole Dallas – three, four years down when they might not be sure. I, I think they're kind of sure. I think they're pretty sure that Dak should be the quarterback for the next three years, and they're just trying to make the math work on this contract. But there are worse things than a one-year well-paid contract for a quarterback, and I think Kirk Cousins would be the first one to get in line and tell you about it. Uh, so I, I just think that if, if things go wrong and they don't come together on a, on a multi-year deal for Dak, both sides kind of don't lose. Now, if Dak gets hurt, you know, I, then, then we've got a whole different ball game, and he hurts him, his value of getting future earnings from there and future guaranteed dollars after that. But that's why these two guys are here, because I, I, can see a, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel for Dak Prescott's exclusive franchise tag. I understand the reasoning for it, and Bellinger's just a monster, and anyone at $11 million who's a monster should, you know, should, be, uh, should be on these kind of lists. So give me your thoughts. Tell me if they should both be here, if one outranks the other. Uh, just kind of talk me off this off this wall here Scott uh, actually I think that we're talking interesting here I think the interesting part is they're both 
quote unquote team controlled yeah, one year contract. So yeah, Dak's I, technically I, not a veteran either, right? He's still on right. the rookie deal. <laughs> right. He's being tagged. He can't do anything about it. Bellinger, he's in arbitration, can't do anything about it. Um, I, I mean, if you, like you said, these one-year deals, they're usually on vet minimums or they're veterans that are experienced but have to go with it at the top of a minimum. Or it, like in the NBA's case, they might be on a one-year exception. Uh, so I, I think... I, I agree with this. I think this is those are two players that fit the bill here. I, I, I like Bellinger a lot because, I mean, he, he like you said, he's a monster. His war is north of nine last year. Yep. So, I mean, your value that you're getting out of the contract for him is 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 great. So, no, I'm not going to talk you up a ledge on these two players. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I even thought about going down the flagpole even more in baseball into the pre-arbitration guys who are making, you know, $600,000 because you've got guys like Pete Alonzo down there yeah. who you could certainly talk yourself into. Uh, but it's not interesting. And, and, you, and you know what I left out with Bellinger? Because of the negotiations and GM smartening up and people tightening the belt straps on free agency in, a little bit in baseball, actually a lot of it, if you do the math on it, mm. Many of these players are getting deals. They're locking in seven, eight-year deals. We're going to talk about a couple of them down the road here. Um, what's in also interesting is that Bellinger hasn't. Now, is that the Dodgers just haven't offered the right price or any price? Or Bellinger's just in the Mookie Betts camp, who are, by the way, they're now teammates, sort of, right? <laughs> Maybe, pending. <laughs> um, but the Mookie Betts camp is basically, you can offer me the world, but unless it's the world plus $100 million, I'm going to free agency because that's my only shot. It's my only shot, and that's Scott, Scott Boris's favorite, famous line. This is your one shot to go and explore the world financially with your baseball bat. Uh, so Betts is doing it. My guess is that's where Bellinger's head is right now. Guys like Frankie Lindor are in the same boat. They want to go. They want to test. They want to talk to everybody. Um, but, look, there's some real concern that that mindset is a dying art in baseball. And that you're going to go and talk, and we're going to talk about Bryce Harper in a little bit here, I'm sure, uh, even though he's technically not on this list. But that's a guy that, that I mean, he he basically called Sports Illustrated and said, write an article about me making $500 million because that's what's going to happen in a year and a half. And he, he got half that. He got 330 You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So if a guy like that who can market himself better than maybe any athlete in, in the world, he's up there with the LeBrons and all that and the Durants. Um, if he can't get the job done from a financial asking price, how are guys like Frankie Lindor and Cody Bellinger, who are softer spoken, you know, just as talented, but softer spoken animals who, you know, are, are going to get thrown to the wolves, wolves in free agency. Now, of course, their agents are going to do a lot of the work for them, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's not as easy as you're a 5 2 player, you're going to make $300 million now. Th those days just kind of seem to be gone. And if Machado and Harper don't have bounce back seasons yeah. it's going to get even worse it's going to be like the uh you know the, the the run where you had miggy cabrera and pujols and those guys sign those 10-year deals and a year and a half later everybody hated them already you know so yeah, but there's, I, this, 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 there's going to be a down-to-earth moment with even these young kids eventually well I, i'll go against that maybe because look at mike trout he's not outspoken he's 
to himself for the most part. He signed that massive deal with the Angels. And maybe being silent is the way to go. Maybe maybe you're not supposed to be uh, boisterous and flamboyant and out there like Harper was. And um, so maybe, maybe being Bellinger, being Bellinger will actually work in his favor. I got to push back on that. There is no comparing Mike Trout. No. no comparing him. Statistically speaking, everything about him, he is the ultimate five-tool player. I mean, talk Scott, you want to talk war. He's already up there with, like, the DiMaggio's in terms of war. I, oh, I know. And, I and, know. and he's, he's played half the career. I mean, he is, he is so far and away from, from the pack, you can't even use him to evaluate other players in our system right now in terms of market values. That's how far ahead of the game he is. So I do think that's an anomaly. I do think teams will look at, look at this guy and say, for instance, you know, Frankie Lindor, you're great, but I can get a shortstop for $9 million right now, right? Uh, who can play defense as well as you can. And if I can get two players that add up to your stats, that's the money ball theory, right? I, don't, don't replace Jason Giambi with another player. Replace him with six players who add up to Jason Giambi. That's still the mindset of a lot of these guys, and especially the young kids coming in and taking over these teams. That's what Houston and St. Louis are built behind. That kind of thinking is not going away. So Mike Trout, you, I mean, you can definitely throw him into the conversation, but he, he's in his own conversation because yeah, there I, is no replacing Mike Trout. Like when the Angels lose him eventually, and I think it will happen, there will be a trade out of Anaheim to some team. There is no replacing Mike Trout, whenever that is. Yeah. But you, there is replacing Manny Machado. There is. Mm-hmm. Right, there is. You know what I mean? So... Well, that, that's, I, the, I mean, that's the line that's got to be drawn in the sand, in my opinion. But where I was going was that where he, he's not out there. He's not like Harper pushing himself. Um, I mean, you're right. Bell, you're right. Bellinger, Bellinger's war was 9.1 last year in uh, Trout's third season. He had a 8.9 war. Um, I know Bellinger's wars in his first two seasons were four and four. Uh Trout's was a half and wow. ten and ten and a half in the second year. So they're pretty equal. Then. Uh, so so they're if you split it all, if you take the averages, they're relatively close right now in the fair. first three years. That's fair. So I think if Bellinger stays who he is and it is not out there, it may work to his advantage. Now if Betts comes in and helps his war increase and Betts's war increases as well. I mean, if, if Bellinger can put an, a 10 up next season, if we have that, um, I mean, his stats are going to speak for himself. And then the Dodgers, if Mookie Betts moves on, then we may be in a situation where the Dodgers are like, all right, you're our man. And they'll may pay him that money. Um, time will tell, obviously, uh, but that's where I was coming from. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, that's all the interesting. Look, the Dodgers in itself. We had uh, we had a show that included this a couple a couple of days ago. I mean, they're a whole story in themselves amidst this COVID nineteen situation. I mean, they, are. they were built to win. They had the All Star game. They had. I mean, everything was in their favor for twenty twenty. So, um, having Bellinger on this list just feels right. He's the, he's still to me. Uh, you know, outside in terms of position players, I think he's the one guy to look at, even with bets on the team, you know, when you flip the switch and you've got a uh, Kershaw still on the, on the, in the rotation, but he's the young stud. I mean, he's the kid 
that is going to be of value for the next two to three years outside of a major extension, and then the money's going to be there for him. Uh, so, man, I'll tell you what. We got through one without going on a tangent, right? <laughs> we, we did a seven-minute tangent on valuing Major League Baseball contracts after the first one. All right, let's go to two. All right, I've, I already forgot. I've got a worst here. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this because it's not really a worst. It's just I'm going to put I'm going to put my own valuation purposes behind this. I don't think Leonard Williams is worth seventeen million dollars, and that's what his franchise tag is with the Giants. I understand why the Giants are doing it. I think they will get a multi-year deal done with him, and I don't think it's going to be even close to seventeen million a year. All right, I had him valued at ten because this guy just he got injured. He took some games off with the Jets. Uh, he was moved around a little bit, and he's in a different position with the Giants than he was with the Jets. So there's really no looking back and putting a right price on him. And I've said this a, a couple of times. You know, the ten million dollar valuation I had on him is is ridiculously jaded, but seventeen's way too high. All right, it's way too high. I understand where he was drafted and his fifth-year option. He got paid. Here's the problem I perceive. If I'm his agent, Scott, and the Giants were willing to tag him at $17 million a year, that now becomes my new price for him. Mm-hmm. Even if he's right. worth t- 12 right? Even if the Giants say, yeah, but you're, you're worth five for 60 right? We're going to give you Robert Quinn's deal that, that he got in Chicago. My, if I'm the agent, I'm saying, sorry, you think he's worth seventeen. Exactly, and, and you can absolutely hold that up to a light because the alternative would have been don't tag me. Let me go and find my value on any team in the league, and then if i got to come back crawling to you on 12, I'll do it. But they didn't let him do that. They decided he was worth $17 million this year, and to me that was a mistake. So I, that's why I'm claiming this to be the worst contract, worst one-year contract in the act of big four sports right now. All right, let's move yeah. forward. The two years are crazy interesting. I'm going to let you talk about this because I don't want to have another tie. All right, I gave you one tie, but this one was tough. And, and I think you'll be able to break this tie pretty easily because of the semantics of the second option here, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to let you take it. Here's the, two, here's the two candidates. Best two-year contracts in the big four sports. Tom Brady's two for 50. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Or Kawhi Leonard's two for 67 plus a player option. Go. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Even though it's a three-year deal. Yes. He's 28 uh, right now. He'll be 29 next season. Tom Brady is old, ancient. We don't know what we're going to see in Tampa Bay. We know we already know what we see in Los Angeles with Kawhi. So I'm taking him. Even if he opts out, I mean, the player options in there, he'll, he may opt out and re-sign with the, the Clippers. He may go somewhere else. But Who knows? But To me, that's, for- what, that's the con. That's the con that the Clippers did all this damn work to build this team, and they might lose it all in 10 months. I mean, they might lose this entire team in 10 months. Uh, okay, yes, they, they they shipped a farm out. They did. But if they can win a championship, say, say the NBA does come back and has some sort of a season. Yeah. Uh, and they win the championship. I, they're they're sort of in the same boat as Toronto where they made a trade to get the championship now they're they'll, they'll have the banner if Kawhi can go there and win uh then yeah I I think I, I like the Kawhi deal I get it. better because but he, he better win right they better win oh, they they yes, just gave absolutely. up too much they gave up way too much to get to get Paul George in with Kawhi um and and 
look, the reason I kept him here, and I was gonna, I, w- I was going to pull him off for for the reason I just gave you. The reason I kept him here is, I was thinking in my head, well, it's so risky to bring a guy in that short term and expect to win. <laughs> he just freaking did it in Toronto. Like this is yeah, the guy exactly. who just did it in Toronto yeah. with way less of a cast around him. So I I had I had to keep him here because he does seem to be that that guy that that dragon slayer just bring this guy in and he's going to get you to the top of the mountain. Um, and let me, let me put this by you then real quick. I, everything you said about Brady is fine, but it just seems like it's going to work with that offense. Now we don't know, and we might not know, but, but let me, let me say this. We know another two for 50 contract. We know exactly where, where he, where he is, how it's going to go, blah, blah, blah. Is Drew Brees a better contract than Tom Brady? Let me, let me, let me mention this part of it. Brady's fully guaranteed. Breeze is only half guaranteed. Breeze is $25 million guaranteed right now. He can retire after this, and there's some dead cap from the signing bonus, and that's it. They're out, and he's in the ESPN booth in a day and a half. <laughs> mm, yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, I think I would go with Drew Breeze okay. if I had to pick. I talked you into it. Uh, I, I, I like... I like the weapons around him. He's already in a system that he's familiar with. Yeah. Uh, especially with the situation that we're in right now. I know it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady got to learn on an iPad. I know. <laughs> he may get thirty seconds of time. Uh, he may have to play Madden yeah. twenty to, to know his receivers and what they have. Uh, so, and Drew Brees is uh, two years two younger. Two years. Two years. So, um, I, I I would take. Drew Brees over Tom Brady there. Okay. But still Kawhi. Still Kawhi, yeah. Okay. Best two-year contract, Kawhi Leonard, two for 67. And then he's certainly going to opt out after that unless the NBA falls apart. All right, the worst one. I uh, I agree on this one. I'm sorry, sure. I'm sorry to keep hammering on this. I've hammered on this in Twitter, on the show, on last show. The worst con- two-year contract right now in the big four sports is Jimmy Graham's two-year $16 million contract with the Bears who already had a bad tight end contract in Trey Burton and who gave Graham more than he was going to make when he was released from Green Bay, guaranteed it, and then gave him a no trade clause. So it's just, I mean, good for Jimmy Graham, good for old tight ends. Old tight ends cashed in this offseason because apparently the draft is just completely devoid of any any really legit talent. Uh, so, I mean, good for Jason Witten and Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham and Tyler Eifert and... That whole class just, I mean, they got overpaid and good for them, I guess, but it's not, that doesn't make it a good contract, especially in the Bears situation. I mean, yeah. you're, you're stumbling across a quarterback here. You, you, you gave up a boatload to get a quarterback that really nobody else wanted in Nick Foles, and you're probably going to give him the gig week one. I, I just don't think they have, I mean, Jimmy Graham's not that savior. <laughs> you know, he's just not that piece. They needed maybe, some young weapons to go with this, in six, my opinion. Maybe six years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just – boy, talk about being paid on past performance. He has done it over and over and over now. It's just incredible. But that's uh, – a look, I know $16 million over two years and only half of that guaranteed or so, but I think it's nine guaranteed. That's not going to break anybody's bank in professional sports, but um, just the whole nature, all the context surrounding it, it just it, it just rubs me the wrong way. So let's just move on from there. Uh, contracts that are really overpaid 
for a lot of reasons. I mean, nobody's even come close to it. Scott, would you would you classify Julio Jones as two million more better than any other wide receiver in football? Because that's what it is. And we've had now three contracts that reset the market below him, but didn't approach his twenty-two million a year. Yeah, I, I, I would. You're you think saying he's, you think he's two million better than Michael Thomas? Two million better than than Amari Cooper? No. Yeah, no. I, I think this one's a little puzzling too. What? Yeah. Why? Why these agents couldn't go out and get these contracts closer to Julio? I don't understand. The last time we saw this happen was Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson signed an extension in Detroit that was so far away from the current leader in the clubhouse, nobody caught him the rest of his career. He retired before anybody actually caught him. It was incredible. Um, so we're, we're sort of in that land right now. Same thing with Adrian Peterson on the running back side. He, his contract was just so far and away uh, from where running backs were going at that point. Uh, that's, just, that's kind of where Julio is. Now it's only $2 million. I mean, it's, Calvin was way far away. But it's just to me, it's interesting that even a guy like Amari, who was essentially allowed to go and test the market, uh, I don't know if Dallas actually, you know, I don't know if what they did to stop him from doing that, but he ended up back in Dallas on a deal that's twenty million per year, and it's really twenty over two. So in that regard, it's it's nowhere near Julio. Here, here's the here's the reason I've got Julio Jones as the best three-year contract in the Big Four sports right now. It was in the middle of a current contract. He held out for a little bit because he, he knew the current contract he was on was just, it wasn't going to hold up. And he worked, he worked with the GM and the owner and basically said, all right, restructure me for this year. Give me, this was two years ago. Give me, give me a little cash in my pocket right now. And they did it. And they decided to guarantee that his, his 2019 salary with, with the notion of we're going to get this done before, before training camp next year. And they held him to it. They held him to it. He took a couple more million in 2018 Came back, worked out. The Falcons were terrible, by the way, in 2018. They came back. He got paid. He got this three for 66, and it's 64 million fully guaranteed, no matter what. Um, again, the Falcons were terrible. They did show some life at the end of the year here, but uh, everything surrounding this contract made sense. It's short. It's sweet. It's almost fully guaranteed. Uh, it's got a ton of dead cap. There was an option bonus and a signing bonus, so it's got a ton of bonus dead cap, which means it's really tough to trade. So if this is a guy who loves being in Atlanta and wants to stay here, this is the kind of contract you sign because uh, the Falcons just aren't going to take on this kind of dead cap to move him this year, for instance. Maybe next year, but even next year, it's ugly. Uh, but just everything about it is it says, I'm a superstar. I like where I'm at. I don't want to be pinned down to a contract for five years because I know that I'm good enough to get another contract after this. It's just, to me, it's perfect. So I don't know if you have any, any, anything to attach on that. Nope, I don't. No, do, do you have any three-year contracts that you thought of? This was the, by the way, this was the NFL free agency of the three-year contract. None of them were very impactful. They were kind of in the 28 to $32 million range. But that was the, that was the going length of contracts in the free agency this year. How, how does that work in, in basketball? Is it generally twos or fours? Yeah, between two. Yeah, two, two to three. I mean, your elite guys are going to get four, uh, four and a max, or four and some change yeah. underneath that. But yeah, usually it's a, a two or three, and then during the season you get a lot of ones because they're just signing minimum prorated. Garbage. Something garbage like contracts. <laughs> All right, here's my worst for the three year. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, 
I love the guy, and I loved him when he first came up. I mean, this was the guy you dreamed of watching if you're a diehard baseball fan. Completely five-tool. Uh, you know, had as many stolen bases as he had doubles. It was just He was just a ton of fun to watch. And uh, I'm, I'm in driving distance of the Pittsburgh, so I, I was able to get down there and see him in person a couple of times. It's just he's a great, great and fun to watch. Uh, but he's not that guy anymore, <laughs> and he's never going to be that guy anymore. And for some reason, the Philadelphia Phillies paid him $50 million over three years for a player that, like I said, was a ton of fun a while ago, but he's just a, he's just a guy now. He's just a, a solid outfielder. I don't think he's playing center field anymore. I, I, I think those days are probably done, even if he can fill in there every now and then. Um, but I look at that deal and that amount of money, fully guaranteed, and now with this, with this COVID situation, I mean, these are the kind of deals right here, Scott, these players that are in their 30s that have a couple of years left on their deal. If, if there's no baseball this year... I mean, I realize that Pittsburgh's not or Philadelphia is not going to have to pay almost any of this salary. They're going to pay some, you know, four percent of it essentially. But that's not what I'm saying. He's still going to come back in 2021 and be a year older. And they and they've had basically no production from this guy. He was basically injured all of 2019. This is this is maybe a lost year, and then he comes back on a one year deal, and he's up there in age. I I just you know I. I question these kind of contracts. I really do. And I, I love guys getting paid into their 30s. I don't want that to stop. But I, I don't know why this guy specifically got that much money because he's he's not the guy that you can bring in off the bench and, he's, and he can go deep for you in a pinch hit roll. You know what I mean? Like he's, yep. his, his his skills, they're going to fade. That, that what, he was good no. at, what, what he was good at at 22, you just can't be at 32. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now, and you can see it was like, jumping off a cliff. I mean, he, his yeah, last, I went through it. Don't worry. <laughs> his, his last two, three seasons have been atrocious. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree with this one. All right. The four-year contract. Here's where it gets fun. Cause I know you and I argued a little bit about this offline when I, when I floated this idea to you, go ahead and give me the one you gave me because I think there's some legs to it. And then I'm going to knock it off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking Giannis with his four, four for a hundred. Okay, so he, that's that's the deal he's currently in, correct? Correct. And it expires. Uh, he can sign a. He, he's got a few years left. He can sign. He's a free agent in twenty twenty one, but he could sign. Wait, does that mean extension. after twenty twenty one, the twenty twenty one season, the, the two thousand twenty two thousand twenty one season? So one more left. He's got. Right. So what what happens if this is a void season? Do we know? Uh, I, I, I don't. Because it's a big deal for Giannis. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it's a big deal. I, I mean, mean let, to, they play what, too let, many games to just void, right? I mean, they're going to cut it off and then yeah. declare a winner or something, right? Yeah. They they may just cut it off and say it's a no championship, no championship, okay. and then. Every player will still get their years accrued, uh, and, and they'll just some go kind into of prorated salary, right? Yeah, and they'll go into the twenty twenty one season. And I mean, th- technically, this summer he was ex- eligible for his extension. Okay, all right. For a super now he would he want to sign that right now, knowing that no. the cap may go down and all that? Probably not. No. But then, not to mention the when, Lakers. 
So I put it in here because of the value that he's had. I mean, we've talked about him in past podcasts. He's at 25 a year on average, and, I mean, he's yeah. one and a half. And the max is 40 now, out. right? I mean, so he's $15 million less than the max contract. So that right there is enough to talk about. But I think everything you just said is why it's more interesting because it is almost expiring, and he is the guy to watch this summer and, and certainly next summer because does he stay or does he go? I mean, that's going to be – ESPN Sports Center lead for 18 straight months. Um, oh yeah, yeah but yeah. I still I still got to make that choice number two. So that's not going to be my choice because I, and I said it to you this way. I'm going to say it again. There is nothing better, more mm-hmm. interesting, more valuable, more and really more successful than a than a four year rookie quarterback contract. If you hit it, you're just good. You're just in. You're in. And we, we've seen perfect examples of teams that have hit it and haven't hit it in the last five years. That's just that is the the topic of the of the NFL this decade. That's what it is. It's are you paying your quarterback forty million or are you gonna get go back into the draft and try to get somebody you can get for twenty over four? Because that's what I mean, Patrick Mahomes on four years, sixteen point four million dollars is highway robbery. <laughs> it's highway robbery. And I don't think he's gonna extend this year. I don't. I think he's going to let this ride into 2021 when the fifth-year option will be available. And, of course, they're going to exercise it. But then they're going to hammer out some kind of lucrative TV deal money tied extension. So he's going to play. If there's a 2020 season, he's going to play it out on ridiculously low numbers again. And this is a guy who just won the Super Bowl. So uh, all those things combined, if you you can hit all those notes, there's no better contract. There just isn't. and you've been talking about Mahomes. I mean, everyone has for over a year now. I mean, last offseason, oh, yeah. we were talking about the extension and you did the the big podcast with the the guy from the ringer and projected yeah, Hyphos, right. 400, 500 million, if that was a possibility and all that. So, I mean, we've been talking about Mahomes for forever, as it seems now. So I, I agree that that probably trumps Giannis, but Giannis is not going away either. <laughs> he's not, but he's also he's also might not be staying. He yeah. also might not be staying. Oh. <laughs> okay, it, it, whether he leaves on his own or he leaves via trade, I mean, yeah. The, the Chiefs right. owner would sell his kids before he let Patrick Mahomes leave. Okay. Yep. <laughs> right? yep. I mean, that's the difference between Giannis and correct. And I, and I don't think there's any love lost either. I think Patrick Mahomes loves Kansas City, so I just think. It's not about is he staying, is he going. It's how much money is he going to get. And until then, his four-year rookie contract and any quarterback contract on a rookie scale. Look, Dak Prescott made $2.3 million over four years. Okay, I mean, it's crazy, all right? It's crazy how little he made. So, well, and we talk, we talk about Kawhi with Giannis. I mean, w- the Bucks were hands above everyone in the East right now and he was playing only 30 minutes a game and was putting up uh, unbelievable stats right so it, it, i would love to see that team in the playoffs and see where they could have gone or could go depending on where things end up but um that that's a situation where if for some reason they have to end the season and he doesn't have that chance this season to potentially get that championship in milwaukee it'll be a shame i was just gonna ask though that team's pretty much intact correct they They all signed multi-years right yeah you got middleton locked up you got bledsoe locked up yeah so 
It, not all is lost. We should get another crack at this. Although the Lakers probably yeah. have to get Anthony Davis locked up. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> that of contracts too. that need to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the worst. I know it's close to your heart. You're uh, in the DC yeah. area. I tried to stay away from injuries. I could not. <laughs> I could not even come close to steering clear of this one, though. Yeah. John Wall signed a four-year, $171 million extension in the middle of an, of an extension that was already overpaying him. So why should, the Wizards said, all right, you know what? You're getting too much money, but it, we can give you more. We can still give you more. Let, let's find a way to give you even more money, and this contract's not going to start for two years, uh, and then you're going to hurt every single part of, the, of your lower extremities in any way possible, walking at home, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> uh, this guy's been banged up every way possible. Look, I... I'm a Mets fan. I, I'm in Cespedes world right here when I talk about this. This, I mean, there's the Cespedes foot injury stories are legendary. There's going to be books written about them. We're talking about wrestling with wild boars and falling off of horses. So whatever John Wall did pales in comparison to that. But look, he's not playing ball. <laughs> he's not playing ball. And he's getting paid an ungodly amount of money to yeah, not play ball right now. 38 right now. And what was it last year? A uh, year before was still on the previous contract at 19. Okay. So this new contract kicked in this season. So he's at 38 right now. Next year he'll be at 41. So he's made, is it $57 million over the last two years to not play ball? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's not bad work if he can get it. No. You know, I think <laughs> he's he's okay with his toilet paper situation right now. Um, look, that deal runs through 2023. All right, 2023, yeah. uh, and, and they kept Beal. You know, they they brought on a couple of rookies. They're actually playing some decent ball. They're not, they're not fringe playoff team right now. They're a fringe playoff team. So yeah, they are. You know, the kids are are kind of holding the fort down. There is a world where John Wall returns in 2021. Uh, you know, with two plus years left on this deal, and contributes to the point of making a difference and making an impact on this young roster now, but. Look, you, you just can't earn $57 million over two years and not play and, and not, a, not call it a bad contract. It's a bad contract because they didn't yeah, have to do it. There was no deadline. There was no pressure. It, it, like I said, the, the most important part of this is they extended him in the middle of their last extension. Like, there was no reason to do it other than we want to be a good, you know, we want to we make you happy. And <laughs> Yeah, this is an exact reason of why teams should be hesitant on doing these kind of extensions ahead of time, which they, they Portland did it with yes. Damian Lillard. Yes. And, and, so, and, and Scott, it's not that, very, it's not that much different. Yes. Portland's been in the playoffs a bunch of times, but they haven't won a damn thing. And John, no, Wall, John Wall hadn't won a thing in Washington and they still treated him like this royalty. So yeah, I, I agree. I, buyer beware on that buyer beware. I mean, understand yeah. deadlines. And the thing with, the thing with the NBA is they already have a max contract structure. It's not like extending him now. I mean, yes, it is because the cap increases a, a, a little bit. So if you do it this year, you get the cap percent versus the down, the, you know, what the cap might be down the road. So you save yourself a little bit there. Although when you're extending out, it, it adjusts based on the cap anyway, right? Yeah, it doesn't kick in until. It, so until the it numbers starts, don't but... solidify until the lead cap is set for that year, correct? Correct. So there was absolutely no reason for them to extend him in the middle of his last contract, right? No, they could have gone an extra, extra year. You could have waited till the thing finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then said, all right, it's still going to be this exact same price, but we like you enough and you, you've won enough games for us. We want to keep you on for four more years. It was just yeah. a, it's just a bonkers contract. Bonkers. All right, five years. 
a little bit better news here. I, I uh, oh, speaking of, I hate to crush Washington again, but I did it here. Not, not that anybody should crush Max Scherzer because if anybody's ever been worth thirty million dollars a year more, let me know because I think Max Scherzer is the one person who signed a long-term, lucrative maximum contract, and everybody looks at it and says. Man, that's actually pretty good value for this guy, yeah. right? I mean, this guy, right. this guy kind of holds up. But here's the reality: since 2014, when he was actually that was his final year in Detroit, through 2018, and I'll explain why I'm doing that. 14 through 18, those five years, Max Scherzer made 100 and, almost 136 million dollars. That's a which is that's a good good chunk of change there. Um, the guy I've picked for the best five year contract in the Big Four sports right now made 25 in that time frame, and that's Corey Kluber. Um, and speaking of contracts that I just don't understand, uh, like the Indians are near and dear to my heart. You know, our, our uh, cousin Dan here, diehard. So we, we follow these guys. I mean, we, we, we've, I've been to umpteen Indians games. I, I understand how good Corey Kluber is, and so does the Cy Young finishes, by the way. First in 2014, ninth and 15, third and 16, first and 17. In that five-year span, he had two Cy Youngs, the exact same amount that Max Scherzer had. Okay, They both averaged about third or fourth. Third, I think. They both averaged third over those five years. Now, in 2018, Kluber missed out here because of an injury. So um, you, you just can't compare those two things and say they're apples and apples. You just can't. $25 million for a player who's got two Cy Youngs versus $135 million Kluber's contract is ridiculous. It's a five-year, $38.5 million contract with two club options. He's in his first club option this year. He got traded to the Texas Rangers. for seven, It's a $17 million salary this year, and I think it's going to jump to 18 and a half next year. I'm not looking at it, but I believe that's what it is. 17 this year, 18 and a half next year. Of course they're going to exercise it. Um, it's just a ridiculous amount of value. He signed this five-year ex- contract immediately after winning to Cy Young. So he wins a Cy Young. He sits down with his agent in the Indians, and he says, oh, yeah, $38 million sounds about right. Let's do that. And, and you know, they probably said, yeah, per year, right? And like, no, no, no. Five years. Five years, $38 million. Let's do that. Wh- who, who's signing this contract? Who is signing oh. this contract? This is an all-time question mark for me, all time. The second he signed it, I looked at Cousin Dan, and I said, Dan, I know you're, you're ridiculously happy right now, but explain this to me. And he couldn't. He said, this is just what Cleveland does. They get these guys to buy into the small market. I mean, Jose Ramirez, same thing. He was basically an MVP candidate, bat- won the batting title, turns around and signs like, a, like an $8 million per year contract for no reason, <laughs> right, when all of his colleagues are get, making $25, $30 million a year. Uh, but he, that was, that's all he could get, justify it by was Cleveland's a small market. They aren't going to pay $30 million a year. So if you like it here, can you can you deal with seven and a half? Because that's what Corey Kluber's making per year, which is just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Max and Corey side by side here. They're essentially the same age, signed at the same time in 2015. Right. I mean, the comparisons right. are uh, almost identical, but when outside of the actual contract value and the the dollars per year that they're they're getting, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer's been a tad bit healthier, especially of late. And Kluber had a, had a rough year here. Uh, but he was making his way back here in 2019. He was he was right, rounding right back in a form, and Cleveland almost damn near made, made the playoffs this past year because of it. Um, 
that they decided to hold on to him and then trade him in the offseason here. That's how that's how much he was rounding back into form. So there's no reason to believe he won't be an upper echelon pitcher for the Rangers over the next two seasons here to finish his contract out. It's just it's the ultimate hometown discount. That's the only way I can look at it. And and like I said, he is not the only player to do this on that team. They they just loved that that core they had. This Lindor, Jose Ramirez, uh, Corey Kluber, Carrasco, Bieber core. And they decided we're gonna we're gonna take a significant significant pay cut to stay together and try to win a World Series. Didn't happen, uh, but he wins this one. I mean, he is he is the best five year contract in all of Big Four sports, and to me, it's not even close. I I I didn't even come close to finding a second candidate in this one. So good, for, I guess good for him if he's happy. I know he's a real quiet, reserved dude. My my cousin Dan has met him a couple of times for uh, you know memorabilia and autographs and things like that. And I guess he's a real real quiet guy. So. It sounds like it was just let's shut up and play baseball, <laughs> and this is enough dough for him to do it. But man, he is just not making enough coin. All right, I'll let you do the worst because I was drawing straws on this one. Yeah. Um, but if you just look at stats, I don't know how you give this guy 120 million dollars. I don't know how you do it, Scott. So justify it, please. I, no, I can't. Nicholas Batum, by the way. Batum, Nicholas Batum. That's that's how much I don't think he's worth 120 million. I can't even say his friggin' name. <laughs> no, I agree. The, the, Charlotte hasn't done anything. They gave him this money, and I, yeah, that's all I can say. I think we should just move on and be done with it. Yeah, look at the stats yourself, not- please. Enjoy them because that's what it that's what it takes to make 120 million dollars fully guaranteed. All right, best six year contract. This is a good story. Not many people know who David Pasternak is. Uh, even though he plays in Boston and everybody, you know, Boston's done nothing but win everywhere over the last, you know, decade and a half. Uh, this guy's a monster. This guy, I knew this guy was solid and I knew he was up there with, with you know, the, your McDavid's and your Drysdale, all those guys. This guy is just, he's killing it in all those areas where the nerds love to keep track of things. Mm-hmm. And you know that 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 really matters on the ice. And this is a big reason Boston's been worth anything over the past couple of seasons. Cause these, if you look at that roster, it's just filled with, you know, guys our age <laughs> to be yeah. frank. So they've had to have a couple of young kids who are, have been handling the load and Pasternak is that guy. And for some darn reason, he signed six years and $40 million, which just isn't enough. It's just flat out. Not enough under 7 million a year for a guy who's going to be first in goals, first in points, share third in points, He's fourth in the Corsica rating, which is a big, big rating for a lot of players. Um, look, in two, the last two and a half season, he's averaging almost 1.2 points per game, which is unheard of. To be even near one is elite. He's over, he's almost 1.2. I mean, that's Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid territory. So Yeah, and I, I know when I've ran the, our best value for hockey, every time I run it, he's in the top. He's going to be there for a while, too. Yeah. I mean, this is not a, a, an old contract. This is, I mean, this guy is going to be locked into this for quite a few years here. So get to know that name because I think when hockey returns, he's going to really, especially if Boston starts making some deeper playoff runs. I, I know they've been relevant for a while now, but this guy is going to be a face of the league soon if he's not already. Um, just that, I mean, the production's outstanding and it's six and a half million or whatever. Is it six and a half? Is that what it is per year? That's just an outstanding price for that kind of player. That's half of what McDavid's worth. Half. Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right, let's get to the worst. Um, <laughs> I I feel bad on this one because we have we have crapped feel- on running backs enough, yeah. and the yeah. world has crapped on running backs enough. And we we mentioned some things here in this episode. I, I can't 
I can't make Zeke Elliott's contract a good contract until he's until until he tells us it's a good contract by producing. He didn't Agreed. do it in year one. He didn't do it in year one, and and depending on now what happens with Dak, right? You've paid the running back, you've paid the wide receiver, and you haven't paid your quarterback. So, so if you had if if you if you questioned thirty teams in the NFL on who you should pay first, I'm gonna guess it wouldn't be this route. I'm just gonna guess. So. They've gone backwards, essentially, and we're going to see if this works. We're going to see if this works because Zeke's got a real deal here. It's $50 million. He's going to make $50 million in this contract, and that is, that's going to be way up there in running back career earnings, unfortunately, when this is all said and done 10 years down the road because outside of your anomalies, and you know, I think maybe McCaffrey might be an anomaly, how many McCaffreys are we going to have in the next 10 years? I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't think Camaro's going to get paid a ton of money. I just don't think so. You know, if Melvin Gordon busts out in Denver on eight on eight and a half a year or eight eight a year, whatever it was, that's going to be the last straw, in my opinion. You just can't do this anymore. You can't do it. That's like six straight top contracts that busted out. So if Zeke busts, and there's a chance, I, I love the player. I absolutely love watching him. I think he's a he's a monster. He can do everything. I don't think they use him enough in the pass game as it is. Um, so I think there's room to grow, but he didn't have a good year one. I'll put it that way. He didn't have a good year one when he got paid, finally, after a long holdout in, uh, throughout the summer. Um, he, he just, he is, maybe more than anybody, he needs he needs a year. He needs to hold the candle for the rest of this position right now for guys like Barkley and Kamara and Philip Lindsay and the slew of Aaron Jones. There's just so many kids, Delvin Cook, who we know they're talented as hell, but it's getting to that point where too bad, right? It's getting to too bad point with the running backs. And uh, these guys really need Zeke to have a monster year, a couple yeah, of monster years, but they need to, if, if there's, if there's an NFL season, there's a lot riding on Zeke Elliott's production. So for now it's the worst six year contract in the big four sports. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that one. All right. I'll let you take some hockey. Actually, you can have all the, the, the seven year contracts here. Because there's a lot to talk about, and I've been talking too long. You, you can have all of these. All of them. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> well, we got Nathan McKinnon, yeah. uh, Colorado, 7 for 44.1. Hockey player for those who don't keep track, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's a beast, too. I yeah, mean. That's a good I, price, right? It is. It is. And then I, you have two baseball here. Yelich, 7 for 188 and a half. Recently and two, signed. <laughs> recently like a day and a half ago and Altuve for seven for 163 and a half that I can see why you have three players here yeah um does Altuve Altuve's have an asterisk I think many would say that I mean does he make 23 million a year if he's not you know on the Astros yeah, on this on this team that's going to be forever remembered for I, I, one thing. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought of it as I was reading exactly. it. Um, I, I think if I had to pick out of three, I'd go with Yelich. Okay. Yeah, I would. Okay. Is there I'm, some is there some uh, some recency bias with that? Because not only was this one just signed, but the one he was on before this was ridiculous value. I mean, I mean, it, it was Corey Kluber kind of ridiculous value. Yeah, I think there may be a little bit of recency bias on there. But with that being said, 
the guy, the guy can play. He is a beast. He's he's like a Bellinger type thing. Well, he he uh, just stole uh, the MVP from Bellinger. So yeah, uh, I, I, that's why I go with him. I think his his outlook is phenomenal. This contract. I mean, we talked about it a, a couple months ago when or a month ago when he signed it. What is he doing? He could have had way more than that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll definitely go with that right now. Um, and then the worst. <laughs> Pick em. <laughs> I, 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 it is. It is a pick em. Uh We got Chris Davis, seven for 161 with uh, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. David Price, seven for 217 with now with the L.A. Dodgers. And then Bobby Ryan, seven for 50.75. So here. let me jump in on Ryan because I want a little disclaimer here. He had some some issues, some health issues, mental issues. Uh, he had to go away for a little bit and get right. So you look at his production, and of course it's not going to match the price, not even close. But the the writing was on the wall with this one. I mean, if, if you if you look at the gradual decline year to year to year to year, uh, this was just a reckless contract. This was Anaheim trying to stay keep that core together too long. Look, we had that in Buffalo. There was a Buffalo core back in the early two thousands yep. that man, just three or four of those guys hung around town way too long. Right? They just did. And that's what Anaheim went through, and this was a part. This was a casualty of that. So it, it's de- it definitely belongs in this conversation. But there also is a health side of this that really deflated his numbers a ton. Um, well, if you had, if you had to pick, just just give me a name here. Chris Davis. Yeah, I mean you're you, that's a Hands local. Down. Look at that. I'm sure from a local standpoint, that story with Chris Davis last year was that last year or two years ago. That was last year. Last year, I'm He's sure a, it was beating oh, you it, beating you down the throat, but. It, it did on a national level too. I mean, every radio and TV show was talking about Chris Davis' oh, yeah. inability well, to get a, a hit. I, I have a good friend who is uh, an Orioles fan, and every time I see him, I had to twist the knife a little bit just because. I mean, yeah, so I'll go with him. All right, let me give you another reason why it's the worst contract. He has – oh, my God. I can't even say this out loud. He has $51 million left over the next three years. Then he's owed forty-two million over the next fifteen after that in deferred payments. Oh, that that makes it the worst of the decade. He's going to be a spot track legend uh, until I die. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like Bobby Bonilla yeah. forever. Yeah, he's, he's going to be forever the on the Orioles payroll on spot track forever. I mean, it's just going to be a thing. So get used to it, man. All right, that that definitely yeah. wins. Eight-year contracts. I mentioned yeah, this... some of those uh, some of those young kids are signing early in baseball. This is a tough. This is a this tough is... battle here. This yeah, is a they, tough battle. These, these two bests here, man. Okay. I don't know how you splitting hairs. Ronald Acuna Jr., eight years, $100 million. He, he was basically a major leaguer for about eight days before he got this contract. So uh, you can understand why someone offers you $100 million fully guaranteed and you're 20 years old. Probably wasn't even 20. I'm, I'm forgetting what age he was when he signed this, but uh, that's just a ludicrous amount of money. And he's probably already outpitched it. He's uh he's a monster. He's going to be an MVP candidate perennially. It's just a heck of a player, and I hate that he's in the National League East. And then we got Connor McDavid. Same price, eight years, hundred million dollars. It was the max contract you could, uh, in terms of a- average annual salary you could get based on the percentage of the cap. It's still crazy low. I mean, if you've ever seen Connor McDavid live, I and mean, if you haven't, do it before he gets a little bit older because he is the most fun thing I've ever seen on skates in my life, live. He's the fastest thing with a, with a hockey stick I've ever seen in my life in live, in live, in person. Uh, so do it, for sure. He's fun as hell, and he is. He's got an, an edgy side to him. He will hit you. 
he will definitely outskate you, and he will score a ton of goals. And that's what he's done since he stepped on an NHL ice. So you can tell me that $100 million in, in, in hockey is a lot, and it is a lot. There's not a lot of players who are going to make that in their careers ever in the history of the National Hockey League. But $12.5 million a year for this guy is already too low, and in six years, it's going to be crazy low. Even if the cap doesn't rise that much, it's going to be crazy low. So uh, if Edmonton can keep this guy around, and they better win some more games to do it, they were on pace this year, by the way. This was this is a really tough loss for them if the NHL season is lost because they were in, in they were at least in contention place. But twelve and a half million for this guy is just bonkers low. So I'm going to give the edge to McDavid because he is the he is the the leader of the league, and it's really unquestioned. Connor McDavid is the. I mean, you can put your Ovechkins and your Crosbys up there, but it just seems like he, this guy has taken it over from a. Canadian standpoint too, which is also important to hockey. It's important for Canada to have superstars. You know what I mean? It is. So for yep. all those reasons, I'm going to give him the slight edge. But there is nothing wrong with Ronald Acuna Jr. How about the worst, Scott? Uh, Carey Price. Speaking of Canadian, or... Canadian hockey players, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Carey Price or Miggy Cabrera? Ah, uh, well, C- Carey Price is at eight for eighty-four. Miguel Cabrera eight for two forty-eight. Uh, I think you might have to side with that one. <laughs> yeah, to, to to me, it's it's not the eighty four or the two eight the two forty eight. It's the eight. I mean, Mickey Cabrera that extension. Yeah, that's a John Wall extension. They signed that in the middle of his last overpaid extension when he was still winning batting titles. By the way, so you can it's not John Wall in that regard. I mean, John Wall wasn't even the best player on his team, let alone the best point guard in basketball. Mickey Cabrera was winning batting titles and triple crowns, really. Um, so you can understand them throwing money, but why would, why would Detroit make it eight more years? Do you know how old this guy is going to be in eight, when this eight-year contract is done? Yeah. Do you know? Are you looking at it? I am. He's got two mutual options. If those are picked up, it'll be he'll be forty-two. Forty-two. So this thing runs through he's, age forty. He's had injuries and injuries too, and it's just yeah. He's going to be a hobbling DH for the rest of his life, and he's going to be making a ton of money, <laughs> a ton of money. Uh, these are the contracts right here that made owners and GMs tighten those belt straps on free agency. This is, it. this is it right here. These are, these are the cringeworthy contracts that said, uh, we just can't do this anymore. What are we doing? Like, we've got guys who are 18 years old in our system right now who, if we brought them up, they'd be able to produce to the level that Mickey Cabrera will at 40 years old. That's just a fact. And uh, there's dozens of kids 18 years old who can do what Mickey Cabrera is going to be able to do at 40. Dozens. Why would you ever do that? Right? Why would you ever do that anymore? So I don't think we will. I don't think we'll see that anymore. I just I, I think the the Bryce Harper contract that runs into like age 35, 36, that's going to be it. And then it'll be one year deals after that if you want to stick around. But there was a a really reckless time in Major League Baseball. We've talked about it a lot, and this is definitely one of those contracts that was front and center. All right, let's move on. It gets really difficult now. Well, not so much with this one <laughs> because Garrett Cole is the only nine-year contract in the big four sports. That one was a little awkward to me. I, I have no reason why. I mean, eight is the max for hockey, or it is now. It wasn't back right. back a couple of years ago. It is now. The max in basketball is what? Uh, five. So we're long past that. We're long past that. So it's really a baseball and, a, and an old hockey contract world at this point. I mean, football died out quite a while ago, so it, it's fine. I mean, Garrett Cole's nine for 324 is fine, right? It's, it's exactly what we all thought he was going to get, to be honest, in terms of annual average. 
Uh, how old is he going to be at, at, at nine years from now? Do you have it there? No, I don't. I think I it's thirty. I think it's he's he's not crazy old. I think he might be thirty eight when this thing's done. He will be thirty seven. Even better. So there you go. Based on everything we just talked about with Cabrera and a couple of these other guys, uh, you can't blame blame the Yankees who just. There's no question this was a bidding war. I mean, there are probably six teams all in on 300 million plus for Garrett Cole. So if the Yankees had to go nine years to get it done, you can understand why they did it. Uh, no way it's going to work out at the end of this contract, but you can understand it for sure. Um, all right, that's it. No, no worse because there is no worse. This is the best and the worst. Garrett Cole, nine years, 324 million dollars of the Yankees, ten-year contract. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, so we've got Nicholas Backstrom and Albert Pujols. Uh, Backstrom was 10 for 67. How did Washington on this list? Did you notice that? Yeah. This is a good one, though. I, I know this guy's uh, been on your TV quite a lot. Is he worth this uh, this kind of ranking here? Yeah, I, I think if you would talk to some of my Capitals fan friends, uh, yeah, they would agree. Yeah, he had a rough – he him. was having a rough year this year, and there's some injuries and things that go along with that, but – at $6.7 million a year for a guy who has just lit it up. I mean, lit it up. This guy's had 649 points in 691 games on this contract. That's bonkersville. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. And he did just get a, a, a new extension as well. This was the final year of that 10-year contract. Uh, so he did just tack on, I believe, four more years after this uh, at, a good, at, a, at a bit of a raise, but not a crazy raise. He did a nice job here to kind of keep, keep himself – and this, uh, this team intact because there was some speculation as to if they were going to be able to keep him around. But when you just talk about points versus games, and that's that's a big deal to a lot of hockey stat guys, this guy's up there with the best of them. Yeah, I agree. But I do dis- I disagree with the pool holes being best. Okay. I uh, Yeah, I had him as the worst when I started yeah. this research. I had him as the worst 10-year contract in, in the big four sports. And then I started to look at the numbers, and I thought to myself, what am I doing to this guy? I'm treating him like a running back. I'm devaluing him when there's really no need to do it. I Look, I've got the numbers in front of you, Scott. He, this is what he's averaged. And if you look at the past couple of seasons, it's not like this was just the first couple of years of the contract and it's really tailed off since. It's, of course, slightly tailed off. This guy's almost 40 years old now. But this is what he's averaged over 162 games, the life of this 10-year contract. 600-plus plate appearances, which means he's been rather healthy in terms of hitting. He certainly had, had to miss some games at first base because of his, his ailing foot. But he's getting to the plate, which is really all anybody cares about with Albert Pujols. He's averaged 144 hits, 26 doubles, 27 homers, and 93 RBIs per 162 over the life of this contract. I, I think every team in baseball would take that at $24 million a year. I think everybody would take that. That's pretty darn darn good consistency for a guy. Yeah, I guess I'm going with a recency bias on this. Where yeah, but look at last season. Do you have it right there? Look at last season. Last season, he ended up having, let's see, 23 home runs, <laughs> 93 RBIs. He batted 244. Who cares? Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, if you go with a metric that we talked about in the beginning with war. Yeah. It, it has dropped drastically after no question the first four seasons. But so, that's why you've got Mike Trout and and other right. and show and Otani and those guys around him now. Now Rendon, um, but that's why you do that. But you can under of course he's not going to be the the 
the, the linchpin of this lineup anymore. But I think for a guy who was hitting 50 10 years ago and, and signed this contract then, mm-hmm. to still be hitting 25 to 27 and, and, and also pumping in that, about that many doubles, I think that's worthy of a $24 million per year contract. Now, you know me. I don't like any contract that's 10 years long, but uh, I got to give the guy credit for, for consistency where it counts because ah. I, I, this one blew me away. Like I said, I just, just be, going off the top of my head, I, I had him in the worst column. And then I, I said to myself, no, this guy deserves to be up there to be talked about because that's that's pretty freaking consistent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But they paid him that money and they've done nothing. They haven't. I mean, what? They've probably been to the playoffs. Once. Well, if you're using that logic, then you're going to hate Mike Trout's contract because <laughs> they paid him way more. <laughs> they, they did. But I think Mike Trout has produced better than Albert Pujols did, even back when, uh, well... When they signed I'm, it? I'm, I'm about yeah. to look. Scott, what year did Pujols sign this contract? By the way, uh, it's not even close, easily my daughter's favorite name in the world. 2012. <laughs> he signed it in 2012 with 2012. the Angels. 2012. Let us see. Go ahead and on to the worst while I do some research here. Yeah, so uh, our worst is Jordan Stahl, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hockey, uh, 10 for 60. Signed with Philadelphia, then look what happened. Traded twice. Traded immediately after, and then traded again (laughs) immediately after at the deadline. Uh, Just a rare contract that you could just kind of see the writing on the wall with that one. He he did have some numbers. Um, He had about a three-year burst where he held it up, but injuries plus uh, getting old plus – a league that changed kind of around him. His style of play really didn't hold up with that with that burst of speed that came with the NHL of late. Yeah, you uh, said Philly. He's with Carolina. Jordan Stahl. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of our next guy, Jeff Carter. I take right. that back. That's Jordan Stahl. Yeah, he uh, – yeah, I mean, similar similar path. He didn't get traded, but um, he's averaging 36, 36 points a year. I don't know what you want. He had he had one fifty point season, signed a sixty million dollar contract the year after, and he's he's averaging thirty six cents. He's minus twelve, plus minus since. I mean that's just that's yeah that's not that's good. No, that's not is. good. He's the third best stall now stall brother now in hockey. So, but money's money. Money's money. Go ahead. I, I'll give you Jeff Carter then for the best. Go ahead yeah. and take that one. Yeah, so Jeff Carter, 11 for 58. Like you said, he signed in 2010, was traded in 2011, and then again in February 2012. Yep. Uh, so he had a span of injuries, and uh, he had a, what, you got a four-year stretch here. He's 60, 60 points, points per year. 30, yeah. Yeah, so nearly 30 goals per I mean, I, I think you'd sign up for anyone that's going to get you 30 goals per. Yeah, especially um, on an 11-year deal where you're taking right. so much risk. I mean, yeah. uh, yes, you're going to have your injuries on an 11-year deal, but it got kind of held up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, he's certainly not the you know a household name anymore. He was for a couple of years there, like I said, but uh, it's in the pool host category of I think I'll take it from a consistency standpoint. If it's going to be this long, I'll take this kind of consistency out of it. You know what I mean? Not the same for Johan Franzen, who just, again, this is a, uh, you know, the extreme of injury situations where uh, Gre- the second he signed the contract, it was 11 for 43 and a half. 
which doesn't sound that terrible. It's not that terrible on an average annual basis. Um, it just kind of nosedive from there, and the injuries started to pile up, and then he has not played a game since the 2015 season because of injuries. His career's over, uh, so they essentially had to do a retirement buyout on him in Detroit. Uh, not the way they wanted that whole Detroit-era you know, dynasty to kind of finish with the Zetterberg situation and the Franzen situation, of course, but they had their run for sure, and uh, uh, no negative for a player like this who came in. This was the guy, by the way, Johan Franzen, who came in and brought this dynasty to the next step, if you remember. He wasn't one of the original pieces of that Detroit dynasty. He came in, was the next center, kind of the next man up, and he, he took over and ran with it. They, uh, he kept the thing alive for a couple more seasons. So really tough way for him to finish his career and have the whole Detroit thing to kind of break up. But uh, it happens. It certainly happens. But he's for, in terms of this interesting, worst contracts, he's got to make the list. All right, the aforementioned Mike Trout. 12 yeah. years, $426.5 million. That was added on to about 30, about $90 million that re- remained on the, on the previous contract, if I'm remembering that correctly. There are, there's actually four players with 12-year contracts. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, a couple of hockey players for sure. Uh, one, I'm not even talking about Mike Trout. There's no need to talk about it. You can say that's too much money for baseball. I think many of us will say he probably should have got $500 million. I think a lot of the experts and the statisticians who fo- who follow the money as well said baseball needed Mike Trout to get five hundred million here because that's a big round number that's marketable that's unattainable. But if he can get there, that means the Frankie Lindors and the Mookie Betts have to go to four hundred, right? Because you can't have this get Mike Trout is you know maybe one point five percent better than everybody else position players in baseball. What does that mean financially, right? I mean, if he's at 500, then 1.5%, you know, you know what I'm saying from a mathematical standpoint. But if he's at 425, it's going to be really hard for Mookie Betts to get $400 million, in my opinion, because Trout's numbers just are that good. Now, now Betts has the advanced stats to go. I mean, Betts' war is top five all time. (laughs) I mean, he is is way, way up there. So if anybody's going to get there, it's probably him. And you mentioned how Bellinger is tracking that way as well, but he's got a couple of years to go still. Uh, I just think many people think the 426 was too low. And I know that's crazy, and especially in the times we're in right now, $426 million <laughs> is an absurd amount of money. But just in, in the grand scheme of baseball, uh, you know, so, he, this guy could have got to 500, I think. I, I agree with that. And so here's a fun, here's a fun stat here. So I pulled up Mike Trout, pulled up Albert Pujols. First nine years for Mike Trout, Yep. his war total is a 72.8. So I went to Pujols. His war through his first nine years, 73.8. Well, there we go. Almost identical. Well, what are we talking about here? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to see the numbers here. Yeah, um, you lose that bet. All yes, right. Um, let's go. Let's let's move on here. 13-year contracts. I struggled with this one. Boy, I really gave Washington a lot of love. You did. Um, I, I wanted to put Harper here, and then I didn't want to put him here because I just don't think. No. I, I know he so. wanted $500 I, million. I, I think I, your best that you have is definitely the right one. Yeah. Bryce Harper at 13 for 330, I think I think the Phillies and everybody, and everybody surrounding that is going to hate it soon. I think they're going to hate it. I think I he's agree. a great player. 
But I think he's also very, very good at marketing himself. And he has been since he went to academy, since he dropped out of high school and went to baseball academy. It's one mm-hmm. of the things he taught himself and was taught. You know, comes from a family that probably promoted that kind of things. And that and and by the way, I am not making this a negative. <laughs> All right. If you can if you can work this social media promotion world that we live in right now to the maximum, God bless you, because you're gonna be you're gonna do very well. Uh, but in terms of just production versus three hundred thirty million. It, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. He's, he, is, he is more in the one and done than he is in the consistently been a solid elite player. Yep. He, he's had, I mean, there, there are some really cool graphs out there where he's up and down every other year. He's an odds and even kind of guy. And I think after last year, which was good, not great, you know, but new, everybody gave him a pass, going to a new city, going to a new team, all that stuff. Um, this was a big year for Bryce Harper. And if we don't have a season – It'll be a shame because this is, again, one of those guys you, you really had your eyeballs on. And fa- I know fantasy guys were all over Bryce Harper because of it because he was going to be of low va- – it was going to be a low buy on Bryce in terms of fantasy, right? You could probably get him maybe out of the top 10 this year. Um, and if he was going to have his bounce back year and his big, <laughs> you know, show me who the hell I am, it was going to be this year. Yeah. So we'll see if we get that. Well, it's <laughs> funny that you say he, he has odds and evens. I, I pulled up his stuff. And Isn't again, it crazy? We'll- We'll talk the war. These are the starting in 2012. We got 5.2, 3.7. Then it drops to one. Then it goes up to nine, seven. <laughs> then it drops to one, five <laughs> goes up to four, eight. Yeah. Back down to one, five, and then goes back up to four, three last year. So if you follow the trend, yeah. he's going to have low war this year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, cousin Dan and I have had plenty and plenty of fantasy discussions on an annual basis about where Bryce Harper is in his peaks and valleys. Because yeah. it matters about draft position and all that. And like I said, this was one of those years where uh, you're, you were going to be buying low on Bryce. And, that, you know, we've talked about second-year contracts in the NFL. That's your, that's your get year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, you give a guy a year to either get, get over the fact that he's, you know, a $50 million millionaire. And then he's on a new team and a new system. And then that second year is go. Well, this is go year for Bryce Harper. This is go year. $330 million. He's a Philly now. He's established. They got a little better in free agency. This was going to be go year. So if we have a year, if we have a season, I guess that's something to think about. But the guy actually picked, talk about tangents, is Alex Ovechkin back to the Washington, D.C. area. It's kind of hard not to, right? Go ahead. You, yeah. can, you can have this one. I mean, all the numbers bear out. Yeah. He signed a 13-year deal for $124 million. Yeah. Won a Stanley Cup. He's, what's almost 700 goals. I don't know. Did he get to the 700 before oh, yeah. he, things he shut down? There. Yeah, he got, he got there. Um, and then, I, I mean, he, he's consistently scoring goals. I, I, he is what? 10th, 11th, 7th. I don't even know all time. I mean, he's getting there yeah. um, at this point. So I, everyone that you would talk to down here, they love the guy. Um, Wasn't always the case either, was it? Part, no, part part of talking about this is is his evolution, um, and and the reason I I also think there's some best value to it is, what thirteen you know one hundred twenty four million over thirteen years you know you're talking about a a player who's perennially scoring fifty goals and you're getting him for less than ten a year so, um, you know certainly the farther you go on in this deal the better value it's going to be, and you would think that at this point in his career he would be like Pujols, right where you're. You, Whatever whatever stats he's able to give you at 38 years old, and I'm talking about Pools, not Ovechkin here, you take it. Uh, that's that's basically what the Angels are doing with Pools. Just give us what you got. 
you know, don't try to do too much, you know, certainly don't steal bases and things like that. Well, to me, Ovechkin has sort of come more full circle. Whereas early in his career, he had that Russian mentality of, I'm just going to sit on this dot right here, just feed me the puck, I'm going to score some goals. And if I get back and play defense, it's, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday. He's doing more of that now. He's more of a leader. He's more of a two-way player. He's more of a team player. I, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, maybe having a family, maybe things like that. You know how people go through personal evolutions. Yeah. Uh, he's just a he's just a better guy, a better teammate. He's been better to the city. Uh, he's more personable. His English has gotten better, so he's been able to speak more to people, um, and and the media and things like that. He's just he he kind of grew up in front of our eyes. And not only on a personal level, but his, his hockey game has also been much better because of it. And, not, and oh, by the way, he's still scored 50 goals a year. So uh, yeah, that's what I mean. He's one of those rare instances where I, he talks about it, too. He just, he just got a motor that doesn't stop. He's robotic. So, uh, yeah. of course. He's at, seven, he's at 7.06, yeah. eighth all-time. And, you know, he had that lockout season, and now he has this where he's not able to score goals. So, I mean, he could that's be. right. Casualty, casualty of this. You're right. He's 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 going to. Uh, that that's that's tough. That is tough. He is 34, so he's got some time. But Gretzky's a long way away. Yeah, he is. It's a long way away. All right, worst one. Uh, we don't need to st- sit on this one too long. Drink Carl Stanton. Yeah, that's. Oh my hope. goodness gracious! The only good thing about this contract is that somehow the Miami Marlins traded it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's David Johnson esque right now for me only this one was 13 years uh, he's never opting out i know there's an opt-out after this year he's not opting out okay you just don't turn down 325 million dollars he hasn't been healthy he's having wrist injuries he's, he, he's the way that he stands in the box just makes him a target for mm-hmm. bean balls it just does he's on an inside out stance i know people have tried to change him he just doesn't seem to be one of those players who wants to evolve in that direction uh, he's he's got a cannon of an arm, but he's not very agile out there in the outfield. And who knows how much longer he's going to be able to play the outfield. So to me, he is just a a battered athlete. And I know he's not crazy old, but there's a ton of money left in this contract. All right, it's not. This is uh, there's a long way to go for Giancarlo Stanton. I, if the Yankees can get out of this, and they might have to flip some prospects to do it, they're going to have to do it because he's just going to be dead weight on that roster soon. They've just got so much talent young t- cheap talent that they're going to have to pay at some point and you can't have stanton who's like i said dead weight on the outfield and tons hundreds of millions of dollars remaining on that payroll and be competitive just can't do it so i expect the yankees to dump this in extravagant fashion soon whether it's this off season mm-hmm. or they suck it up for one more year and then you know creatively find a way out but it was a bad move by the yankees to acquire it it was a terrible move by the marlins to sign it in the first place uh but like i said there everybody loses here in my opinion everybody all right we're on to number 14 our final number there's only one it is shea weber many of you probably have no idea who that is because shea weber has not played hockey for a very long time scott do you have it there when did shea weber last play hockey Mm, i I do not have it let me put it a little yeah it's been a while i mean he has had a ton of a ton of problems with uh, with injuries. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, he, I guess he played a little bit in tw- 2018, but for the most part, it's been four or five years of where he just hasn't been able to stay on the ice. 
bounced around. This is a contract that, unfortunately, teams with cap space have been have been trading for, so that they can afford you know, because they can take it on, and then they essentially buy draft picks or buy prospects along with it. We've seen that in a couple of leagues now. That's become a bit of a trend, but that's that's sort of where this contract is now. Um, certainly, it's not allowed anymore. The maximum contract in, in hockey is now eight years, so there are no more fourteen-year contracts in any sport outside of baseball, really, in these big four yeah. sports. Baseball is the only one that can do it. I don't know why they would do it, but we just saw a 13-year contract last huh. year, so who am I to say anything anymore? Right, exactly. Um, so we'll see. Uh, tough tough stuff here. Like I said, I try to keep the injuries out of it. This is the only 14-year deal we have, and it's, ri- it's riddled with injuries. So, you know, best of luck to Shea Weber in his post-hockey career. You made a ton of money no matter what. <laughs> That's how I'm going to part with that. Okay, good stuff. We went crazy long on that but let's get to some basketball scott before we finish here yeah we'll fly through this yeah the uh we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss this basketball class that's going in uh kind of announced under the i mean i don't know how was it just me or was it sort of like a twitter announcement (laughs) right these networks have nothing to talk about and i feel like this was sort of under the radar i mean how do you put kobe bryant kevin garnett and tim duncan in the hall of fame and it's not like front page news i guess with the with the virus it's tough to dominate any news right now but uh this mm-hmm. is a massive class. Yeah, it there's, is. There's plenty more. There's Tamika Kitchens. There's Rudy Chomjanovitz and a couple more people I'm missing. But, uh, you know, this is your big three. And in terms of big threes, this is going to be an all-time big three going in into in terms of a draft class, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. see too many more of these. No. Talk about the money, Scott, briefly, if you, yeah. if you can. So uh, Kobe Bryant, he earned $323 million over 20 seasons. Uh obviously all with the Lakers. Uh, fun fact, he was actually drafted by Charlotte right. at number 13 overall back in 1996, was traded to the Lakers, and 18-time All-Star, five championships. Um, so he averaged over his career, he averaged 16, a little over $16 million per season. Scott, where does, uh, where does that rank? Is that second now? He, he is second all-time right now. And I believe LeBron will pass him next year. Yeah, LeBron's yes. going to pass him next year. So, yeah. uh, you know, everything we're saying here com- does have an expiration date. Actually, LeBron is not going to pass our next player. Is he? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Yeah, Kevin Garnett. He had a career earnings of $334 million over 22 seasons. So he averaged a, a little over $15 million a season. Yep. Uh, uh, three teams, Minnesota. Boston, Brooklyn. Uh, he was drafted number five overall in 1995. And then um, his accolades, 15-time All-Star, a nine-time first-team All-Defense, and one championship. I mean, he got the championship. I'm glad for him with that. I, I, I loved him as a player. Oh, yeah. The, the tenacity, the the grit. I mean, between him and Kobe, I mean, watching them was was great. So, so. LeBron, LeBron's going to pass them both next year. So in 2021, LeBron will be the king of financial earnings in terms of all, all, all-time NBA earnings. Um, but LeBron, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, what's, their, uh, what's the similar? All undrafted. Or, sorry, all did not go to college. All, all, um, went, all came right out of high school, something yeah. that we're going to see very, very soon again. Shaquille O'Neal yeah. is fourth on that list. He did go to college for a minute. Yeah, so. but th- this third, this third player, Tim Duncan, he yeah. did go to college. Four years, right? All four. Wake yeah, Forest. All four. Wake Forest. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he had he earned two hundred and forty two million dollars over twenty two seasons. So he uh, averaged just over eleven million dollars a season, all with San Antonio, and, and that's with a couple of t- a Tom Brady discounts too at the end there, right? Yeah. He took some crazy cheap deals there at the end just to keep that core together, right? Yeah, and he was he was number one overall back in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, paired him with uh, David Robinson. <laughs> And uh, with that, he was a 15-time All-Star, and he had five championships. Unbelievable. What, yeah. what a dynasty that was. What a dynasty. All right, this was good. A lot of content, a lot to get to. This was a lot of fun. We'll try to think of a few more ideas like this that really kind of uh, hammer into these contracts. Maybe not this evolved, because like I said, this was a ton of work, and I, my kids hate me after putting all this work in. Uh, so hope you enjoy this one. My thanks to Scott Allen. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spotrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off. That's $2.99 a month. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track Podcast. <laughs>